0: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه اجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما نافعا اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وَاَرِنَا الْبَاطِلَ بَاطِلًا وَارْزُقْنَا اجْتِنَابَهُ رَبِّي اشْرَحْ لِي صَدْرِي وَيَسِّرْ لِي أَمْرِي وَاحْلُلْ الْأُقْدَةَ مِّن لِّسَانِي يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِي السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته Welcome to the reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bediuzzaman Said Nursi podcast series This is Mustafa Tuna You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org In this episode, inshallah, we will continue reading the addendum of the 27th word. The 27th word is about ijtihad, which may roughly be translated as exerting or interpreted as exerting our utmost in order to come closer to what pleases god when we are faced with decisions with choices in our lives the addendum of the 27th word on the other hand is about the superiority significance primacy of the companions, virtue of the companions of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu One may ask, why is this an addendum to the 27th word which is about ijtihad? Well, when we try to come closer to what pleases God in our decisions, our departure point is the scripture, the Quran and the prophetic traditions, the, the model that the Prophet sallallahu showed us and the companions are the bridge between us and the scripture. They are the ones who conveyed the Quran and the prophetic traditions to us. And also they are the ones who first, who first developed the methods of how to apply the information, the guidance that we have, that we find in the scripture to our lives. They are the ones who showed us the way, the model. Without them, the essential ring in that golden chain that connects us to the Prophet ﷺ and to the Book of God, the Qur'an, through the Prophet ﷺ and ultimately to our Lord is is gone. They are the essential chain there. Therefore, we cannot have religion. We cannot have that essential connection to our Lord without the companions. Therefore, it is very important to understand their place. It is very important to put them where they belong to, in that hierarchy of values and virtue. They are at the top. They are the best of humanity after the prophets. They are chosen by God as the best among all human beings after the prophets. However, there are some narrations that suggest that there may be some among the righteous at the time when bad innovations are rife. There may be some among the righteous who might be higher than the the companions in virtue and so on and so forth. And these narrations exist. So how do we understand that this part of the 27th word, the addendum, helps us understand that. And at the end, the takeaway point is that if there are those among the righteous who are superior to some of the companions, that is only with regard to particular virtues and when we think more broadly in general terms there is no way to catch up with the companions and Ustad Nursi has been elucidating the reasons the causes for the superiority of the companions that they are not reachable that they are at the top Ustad Nursi is explaining us why this is the case we read through uh, two causes and now we are in the third cause of the addendum the third cause itself is broken into three aspects we read the first aspect but before we move on to read the second aspect i want to read the beginning of the third cause so that we remember what this aspect is about so the third cause I'm going to read English only because we did this uh, reading the Turkish and English side by side before those who have not listened to the previous episode that is on the 27th word uh, should go and listen to that and, and then they might be in a better position to follow what we will be doing in this episode inshallah so the third cause as it has been proven in the 12th 24th and 25th words and these are other treatises that ustad nursi has written we will only refer to them here not going to details as it has been proven there the comparison of prophethood to sainthood is like the comparison of the sun itself with its similitudes as seen in mirrors so think of the sun and think of a reflection of a sun in a mirror. Is there a difference between the two? Of course there is. So the difference between Nubuwa, prophethood, and wilaya, sainthood, is like that. If the Prophet وسلم, is the son, the awliya, the saints of God, the friends of God, are like his images on mirrors. So However, much higher the circle of prophethood is in comparison to the circle of sainthood, it entails that the companions who are the servants of the circle of prophethood and the stars of that sun will exceed the righteous in the circle of sainthood to that extent. The companions are Next to the Prophet, as his servants, as his helpers, as his companions. They are not prophets, but they are sitting next to him. They have been elevated to that station because they are next to him. He owns the station, he owns that palace where the station is, but they are servants of that palace. And we are down here therefore we cannot reach them so much so that even if a saint attains to prophetic inheritorship and veracity is and veracity nubuwa if even if a saint attains to the inherits what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had in the spiritual realm I mean, we are not talking only about the prophetic traditions and and the Prophet's uh, external Sunnah here but we are also talking about the spiritual realm even if a saint attains to prophetic inheritorship and veracity siddiqiyya the station of siddiqiyya which is the rank of Abu Bakr radiallahu an and others but he is he is the top he is the one who represents that rank which is the rank of sainthood among the companions so prophetic inheritorship and veracity is the equivalent of the rank of sainthood among companions what sainthood is among the people who came after the companions, prophetic inheritance, and sadaqia is that among the companions. Even then, he, that saint, cannot reach the rank of the companions who hold the first line. As if we are praying in a congregation, they are in the first line of the congregation. We will explain three among several aspects of this third cause. And as I said, we did a more detailed analysis of this part this introduction of the third cause those who feel that they will be in a better position to follow what we will do now should go and listen to that before moving on with this episode in the first aspect of the third cause we mentioned that those who come after the companions cannot reach to the rank and and. ...capacity of the companions with regard to their ability to do ijtihad. In the second aspect, which we will read today inshallah, we will talk about their closeness to God. So, Bismillah. İkinci veci. second aspect. Sahabelerin kurbiyeti ilahiye noktasındaki makamlarına velayet ayağıyla yetişilmez. The rank of the companions with regard to their closeness to God, kurbiyyat ilahiyeh, closeness to the divine or divine closeness, that cannot be reached with the steps of sainthood. The sainthood is usually by following a path. You, you journey on a path and you take steps to journey on that path. Ustad Nursi is saying that the rank that the companions have attained with regard to their closeness to God, no matter how fast you you walk, you journey on that path, no matter how big your steps are on that path, it doesn't matter. One cannot reach to their rank with regard to their closeness to God with the steps of sainthood. Why? cunku Cenabı Hak bize akreptir ve her şeyden daha ziyade yakındır because the the sublime real almighty God God is the closest to us here the word that is used is akrab which is the, which is the superlative of uh, the word close closest right but Ustad Nursi is going to take that superlative form and it, he will make it into a noun as akrabya akrab yet so it is it is difficult to translate we should try to not uh, get hung up on the word itself but on try to understand the meaning because the sublime real janab haq God is the closest to us akrab and he is nearer than anything else we on the other hand are infinitely far from him so, God is akrab, the closest to us. Of course, he is, as the Quran, as he says in the Quran, he is closer to us from our jugular vein. And this is for everybody. He sees us at all times. He knows even the subtlest thoughts that come to our hearts. He knows how we feel. He knows where we are. He knows what we think. He knows us better than us. I might have some sickness in my body right now but i happen to feel healthy but he knows if that sickness is there i don't know what i dreamt last night i don't remember but he knows i don't know what will happen to me in two hours but he knows i don't know where i am destined to but he knows i don't know what my risk is In the coming three days, I don't know what I'm going to eat. I don't know if I will eat. But he knows. He knows everything about me better than I do. He is closer to me. I don't have any power in my body. But he is the one who subjugates this body to me. He is closer to me than I am. He is the closest. He is akrab with the superlative form of the word. Onun kurbiyetini iki olur. The attainment of closeness to him happens in two ways. So, he is the closest to us, but I am far from him. He can reach me whenever he wants. But how about if I try to reach him? Can I reach God? Yes, I can raise my hands and pray. But my prayer needs to rise to the first heaven, then the second heaven, then the third heaven, then the fourth heaven, then the fifth heaven, then the sixth heaven, then the seventh heaven, and keep on and then reach God. And of course, God is free from space. He is above and beyond time and space. No designation of space, no special designation is intended about God here. This is about me, where I stand, where my prayer needs to rise because that is where God has designated as the destination of my prayer if it reaches the destination. If there is any designation here, it is the designation of the submission point for my prayer and worship. Based on a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, when I worship God, Let's say when I perform a prayer, my worship is elevated for, to the first heaven. And there's an angel that protects that heaven. And if my worship does not meet a certain criterion, let's say if I have ostentation in my heart as I'm doing my worship, which is actually above the first, first sky, that angel tells the other angels who brought the, my worship there, to take this back, throw it on his face. My worship, my prayer does not rise beyond the first, above the first heaven. If I pass the first heaven, it comes to the second heaven. And there is another angel that guards there. Let's say if I have envy in my heart. I'm mixing this order. If I have envy in my heart and the angel of the second heaven is the one who guards the heavens against envy, human envy. He says, take this bag, throw it on his face. Then the third heaven, there's an angel that guards there. The fourth heaven, the fifth, sixth, seventh. Only then, only then my my act of worship rises to God. And even then, even then, it is up to God whether to accept it or not. So I'm so far, so far. How do I get close? How can I cross all those curtains and barriers and impediments and ranks and come closer how do i journey to god i am infinitely far from him and i need to draw close to him even though he is closer to me than anything else he is the closest to me so the attainment of closeness to him happens in two ways. There are two ways to attain closeness to him. Birisi akrabiyetin inkişafiyladır ki, nübüvvettdeki kurbiyet ona bakar ve nübüvvet ve veraseti ve sohbeti cihetiyle sahabeler o sırra mazhardırlar. The first one. This is through the unfolding of divine immediacy. And we are using the word immediacy here to render the noun form of the superlative of the word close qarib in english it's very difficult to translate so closestness you could say closestness but it sounds somewhat uh, clumsy so we will say immediacy akrabiyat divine immediacy that god is closest to us that's what we are referring to through the unfolding of divine immediacy that god is the closest to us that is the first way to attain closeness to God but how does it unfold it is God's choice it is God who unfolds it for us if he wills. the closeness in prophethood relates to this relates to the unfolding of divine immediacy the closeness of prophets to God relates to the unfolding of divine immediacy and the companions are the locus of appearance of this secret The secret that God's immediacy unfolds the companions received that this became apparent on them as a result of prophetic inheritorship as a result of the fact that they sat with the Prophet and received from him by being in the company of the Prophet so this is something special This is something that can happen only and only under a certain circumstance which is being in the presence of the Prophet who is the gate of the unfolding of divine immediacy. It is through him that divine immediacy unfolds and becomes manifest, becomes apparent on a person. If that person is ready to receive that unfolding which necessitates faith. So that's the definition of a companion. A human being who was in the presence of the Prophet وسلم, as a believer. That is the first way. And now we need to ask can we do it? If one day somebody invents a time machine, perhaps we can go to 7th century uh, Medina, Arabian Peninsula. And sit in the presence of the Prophet. But that is not very likely because had that happened, we would have had stories of people like this going to the Prophet. No, that's not possible. And this does not happen in dream either. The Prophet walked the earth when he walked the earth in his rank of a prophet with his prophethood. He interacted with people in the capacity of his Nubuwa, in the capacity of his prophethood. And his prophethood was conditioned upon the revelation. The Prophet Sallallahu was destined to become a prophet, a messenger, when he was, let's say, 30 years old, but he was not a messenger yet. His messengership started, his prophethood started with his receiving the revelation. And when he died, the revelation came to an end. That means that his nubuwa left us with his death. That's why the companions were so sad. We have narrations of them saying, the revelation left us. Yes, they loved the Prophet ﷺ, and they were sad because he left. But they were also sad that the revelation left us. The clarity that came with the revelation left us the metaphysical personality of the prophet sallallahu has nubuwa and wilayah all wilayah is a shadow a reflection of his wilayah all sainthood is a reflection of his sainthood and that remains what is left for us to partake from his metaphysical personality from his luminous reality is his continuing wilaya his continuing sainthood and there are those who interact with him in that station those who see him in their dreams those who see him in, in a wake state those who talk with him those who receive from him but this is not the same this is not the cause of the unfolding of divine immediacy the metaphysical personality that relates to his nubuwa his prophethood left us and therefore there is no way for us to attain to the rank of the companions through the companionship of the prophet sallallahu as a prophet that is gone we did not make it there it was the companions may god be pleased with them who made it there now the next question is in that case is this first way of attaining to reality completely closed no we cannot say that either cause revelation came to an end but the message that we received through the revelation the Quran keeps the gate of keeps the gate of this kind of closeness open if we know how to benefit from it and it is the companions who show us the way to to benefit from it. And Ustad Nursi actually expounds this to a great degree. It is Ustad Nursi's path that expounds this for us. He shows us the way to that closeness at a time when journeying through the path of the Sufi path is so difficult because of all the attractions and distractions of the world. He shows us an easier, a shorter way through the gate of the Qur'an and the Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam and the companions. But that's a discussion for another time. Right now the discussion is the virtue of the companions. And that gate that is still open for us through the Qur'an, that will not take us to the rank that the companions have arrived because they were witnessing both the Quran and the Prophet ﷺ in his capacity as the Prophet and Messenger of God. They were witnessing him not only عِلْمَ الْيَقِينَ, knowledge of certainty, not only al الْيَقِينَ, vision of certainty, but حَقَّ الْيَقِينَ, truth of certainty. They were in his presence, they were holding his hand, they were kissing him. They were eating from the same plate with him. They were drinking from the same cup with him. They were protecting him. They were listening to him. They were with him. They were following him step by step. They were basking in his light. They were basking in the light of his presence. That is not possible anymore. That is not possible anymore. They are the companions, they are the cream of the crop. And we attain to a higher and higher rank to the extent that we love them. It is the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who said that his companions are like stars, whichever one you follow you find guidance. Love of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is from our faith. And the Prophet وسلم, loved his companions and told us to love his companions, and therefore, love of his companions is from our faith too. Now, back to our reading, back to our question How can we draw closer to our Lord? We learned about the first aspect, that is through the unfolding of God being the closest to us. Now, the second aspect. suret. The second way. Bu adiyetimiz noktasında kat meratip edip bir derece kurbiyete müşerref olmaktır ki, ekser seyre sülük velayet ona göre ve seyre enfusi ve seyre afaki bu suretle cereyan ediyor. So this is to be honored with closeness to some extent after traversing various stations that emerge from our distance. God is close to us, and with regard to His closeness, there is no distance to be traversed, but we are far from Him, and from this there emerges a distance. We draw close to Him by traversing the various stations that emerge from our distance. Most spiritual journeys of sainthood and the inner and outer, and Fusi and are the words here, journeys that they take place in this way are from this sort most spiritual journeys of sainthood so think about the Sufi orders tariqas you go to a sheikh and the sheikh gives you a certain litany and and gives you advice you follow the advice you follow the litany you do it on a regular basis and over time you discipline your soul you discipline your heart you purify your heart and things start to unveil before you you start to cross those stations and you keep drawing closer and closer to god and that is an endless journey. There is no end to it because we are infinitely far from God. But the closer you draw, the more unfails, the more unfails for you and the more you, you, you are raised in your station. So this is the second way. İşte birinci suret. Sırf değil. ve So the first way is purely given. Vehbi is the word. It is not acquired by effort. It is gravitation. Like imagine uh, if you fall from an airplane at 10,000 feet, you don't fall by effort. You're just falling. The earth is just pulling you. It is gravitation. It is not by effort. The gravity of the merciful one. So you draw close to god in god in the first one you draw close to god through the gravity of the merciful one and it is belovedness Mahabubiya. belovedness that is god loves you and he pulls you close to him now in the way that it happened with the companions this can only happen under the circumstance that the companions had by sitting in the presence of the Prophet however, that does not mean that that way is completely closed. If God wills, He can still give it to you. It will be given by Him. You can never reach the rank that the companions reached. It can never happen to you at the speed by, in the, by covering the distance that it happened to the companions. But it can still happen. Diğeri uzundur gölgelidir. The other, the second way, happens through acquisition by effort. It is long and it is shadowy. It is also a bit dangerous, especially if you are traveling on it without a guide. You might stray left and right. Although it has many amazing wonders, remember we mentioned those stations the further you travel the more things unfold before you the more things unveil before you you witness amazing things i have not i should not speak about i'm i'm I'm only conveying what i've heard from other people you witness amazing things but even then you cannot reach one who's traveling on that path cannot reach the first one the first way In terms of value and closeness. Mesela. For example, in the way that there are two pathways to reach the day of yesterday on this day. So we are at the given moment in in today, let's say the um, 15th of November. In order to reach the 15th of November, there are two ways. And these are hypothetical ways. Birincisi, zamanın cereyanına tabi olmayarak bir ile zaman çıkıp dünü bugün gibi hazır görmektir. The first is to rise above time, to not be bound by the restrictions of time with a divine power. Time is created. Time is God's creature and he can modify it, he can subjugate it however he wants to. So therefore, if he wanted, through divine power, one could rise above time. And the Prophet did in the mi'araj, right? It it was a moment that he he appeared to have left this world, but he traveled perhaps many lifetimes worth. He saw many lifetimes worth of wonders. To rise above time with a divine power and see yesterday present like today without being subject to the flow of time. Rise above time, see yesterday, present, like today, without being subject to the flow of time. And from that point you can watch, you can see yesterday as much as you want. Because the notion of time is lifted. İkincisi, bir sene katı mesafe edip, dönüp dolaşıp düne gelmektir. Fakat yine düne elde tutamıyor. Onu bırakıp The second is to travel a year's distance. Go around that year. And arrive at yesterday. So you can imagine this both ways. You can imagine this as, as, as time warping and you reaching yesterday. Or a year from now passing and arriving November 15th in the following year. Either is possible. So you go around that year and arrive at yesterday. But even then. One cannot keep that day in hand. It would depart him and move on. Because we are still subject to the restrictions of time. Time is still flowing. We did not rise above time. Even if we reach that point in time, it will keep moving and we will lose it. Öyle de, geçmek iki In the same way, arriving at reality from appearance, happens in two ways arriving at reality from appearance what does this mean appearance is what we see around i see a bush and the bush has a material aspect to it an aspect that relates to this world it has cells it has molecules it is a living organism which means that the cells the molecules in it are Interacting in certain ways that it is growing. It has the capacity to reproduce itself It needs nutrition. It is subject to certain restrictions because of that. It needs light. It needs certain temperature and you know Everything that you can find let's say in a in a biology book but that is not the true reality of this bush the bush has two aspects one is what relates to itself the meanings that emerge the notions the information that emerges from its aspect that looks to itself and then there is an indicative aspect there is an aspect of the bush that relates the bush to something larger that relates the bush to its creator The bush is a manifestation of its creator, the beauty of its creator, the name of its creator as the provider, the name of its creator as the sustainer, the name of its creator as the fashioner who has fashioned this beautiful bush in the way it is, and so on and so forth. Once we reach that reality, that reality carries us closer to our Lord because now we are learning to learning to gain information from the science that our Lord has placed in this earth, in this cosmos in order to know about him. We are drawing closer to his knowledge. Therefore, moving from the apparent reality that we are restricted to in this world to the higher reality that relates to our lord and to more luminous finer things that bring us closer to our lord like the realm of the spirits like the angelic realm all of these right this passage, this drawing close to our Lord, this journeying happens in two ways. Biri doğrudan doğruya hakikatin incizabına kapılıp, tarikat berzahana girmeden hakikati aynı zahir içinde bulmaktır. The first is to find reality in the appearance itself. In the appearance itself so what did we say the appearance like the bush to find reality the higher reality that this bush represents relates to and manifests to find that reality in the appearance itself by being caught in the gravity of reality directly and without entering the intermediate realm of the Sufi path tariqa because one of the goals of the Sufi path is to draw close to that that reality and that's a path and there is a realm between the point you start and the point you reach eventually and that is the intermediate realm and that's a that's a realm that's a distance that needs to be traversed however if the reality is found directly in the appearance itself if the veils that prevent us from witnessing that reality itself in the appearance are lifted. Because the bush, the beauty of the bush, is more real than the molecules of the bush, the branches of the bush. The bush will die. In a few years, it's going to finish its lifetime, it's going to start drying and then and then uh, decaying and then it's going to fall. The bacteria will come and and devour it and there will be nothing left of the bush. However, the beauty of the bush will continue to exist in the sight of the Lord who created it, who is everlasting and eternal, never disappears. In the sight and consciousness of the angels who witnessed it as the manifestation of the beauty of their Lord. In the sight of the human beings who witnessed it and the memories of the human beings who witnessed it as the manifestation of the beauty of its Lord. So that is more real than the branches of the bush. And if we were to see that directly if the veil was lifted from before our eyes, if our intellect void was made into an instrument that enabled us to see it, if our lowly, evil commanding soul moved away and did not pull us into the filth of the earth and therefore pulled this veil before our eyes, if that did not happen, if our heart was pure enough to grasp that reality, directly then we would move from appearance to reality straight, fast İkincisi, çok meratibden seyri, suluk, geçmektir. The second is to pass through many stations, many stopping points in the spiritual journey the spiritual journey that we described in the you know Sophie path. So in the second way, one passes through many stations in the spiritual journey by disciplining the lower soul, disciplining the evil commanding soul and also debilitating it, truncating it, ultimately killing it. It is true that the people of sainthood succeed in annihilating the lower soul they kill the evil commanding soul but they still cannot reach the companions çünkü sahabelerin nefisleri teskiye ve tahir edildiğinden nefsin mahiyetindeki cihazata kesire ile ubudiyetin en vaana ve şükür ve hamdin aksamına daha ziyade mahsadırlar Because since the souls of the companions are purified and cleansed, not killed. This is an important point. Since the souls of the companions are purified and cleansed, but not killed, they continue to have their souls. Now the ranks of the soul changes, but still is there. By using the many instruments in the soul's quiddity, they have more share from being the locus of appearance for the varieties of worshipful slavehood and various types of gratitude and praise they do not kill their lower soul and one of the things that the lower soul does is that it is attracted to the enjoyments of this world like food like watching a beautiful object watching a beautiful flower when the lower soul is killed that enjoyment is gone you don't enjoy the, the, the world anymore. And there's a, a beautiful thing in the sense that you pass beyond the material aspect of the reality of the world to the in, indicative aspect and you start enjoying that, right? You start being there and being drawn to God alone, but something is missing. What is missing is that the enjoyment of, enjoyments of this world are blessings of God and God is wise. He does not do anything in a futile way. Those blessings are here for you to enjoy. Because in your very enjoyment is gratitude. You put a tasted thing in your mouth. Your taste buds are tantalized and send some message to your brain and your lower soul enjoys it and you are not denying that this is a blessing of your lord you are aware of and appreciative of the fact that this is a blessing from your lord in that enjoyment be even before you articulate articulate your gratitude in that enjoyment is gratitude is a sort of gratitude and even the animals even the animals who find something tasty and are eating it. Even though they do not have the consciousness to to express gratitude, in their enjoyment is a sort of gratitude. The companions were both exposed to the indicative aspect of, the divine reality of, the divinely, rather, the divinely reality of material things in this world, were witnessing that and because they had not killed their lower souls they were also continuing to enjoy what is in this world and that is not less that is more they have more share from being a locus of appearance for the variety of varieties of worshipful slavehood and the various types of gratitude and praise if that material enjoyment was something Filthy and lowly and bad, with with no benefit and futile, and only belonging to the world, the world as the opposite of a divine realm, then it would not be in the paradise. We do not have a dual conception of reality in which there is a higher realm where everything is sacrosanct. And peaceful and pure, and so on, and so forth, and a lowly realm where everything is filthy and lowly, and they do not mix at all. That is not our conception. We believe that reality is beautiful, and that reality includes the very bush that I am looking at through the window that beautiful reality includes my taste buds and the beautiful grape that I eat. The taste, the delicious grape that I eat. The Prophet Sallallahu loved some dishes. He loved the shoulder of a lamb, for instance. If there was such filth and it was absolutely lowly and not worthy of attention he would not have done that no he loved he loved lamb shoulder and he ate it with gratitude with gratitude with respect with economy in all the good ways that one can eat the lamb shoulder with cleanliness right the companions did not kill their lower souls and some of the awliya some of the saints do not kill their lower souls either uh, Ustad Nursi relates somewhere else uh, from uh, about Abdul Qadir Jilani in, in, in which Abdul Qadir Jilani is sitting and eating fried chicken. And he has uh, murids, he has disciples and some of them are going through the disciplining of their souls. And in part of this is to just close oneself up in a cell and eat nothing but dry bread. And remain there for days and days, dry bread and water and worship. So the mother of one of these disciples comes to visit her son. And she sees that the son is in, you know, locked up in the cell, eating nothing but dry bread and emaciated. And she, her you know, heart moves and he, she goes to Abdul Qadir Jilani and says, Oh, Shaykh, what do I see? My son is locked up in that cell eating nothing but dry bread and you are eating fried chicken here. Now, Abdul Qadir Jilani himself went through that stage. Abdul Qadir Jilani disciplined his soul. He purified his soul. And now he is eating the chicken in order to express the gratitude, in order to partake in the blessings of his Lord. He is not attacking the chicken to devour the world. He turns to the chicken and says, Get up with God's permission. And the chicken, the fried chicken gets up and starts walking. And he says, when your son comes to this point, he may also eat the fried chicken. So the part that I want to draw our attentions in this story is that Abdul Qadir Jilani was eating the fried chicken but he was not eating it in a forgetful way that is what the companions did the companions may God be pleased with all of them disciplined their souls purified their souls under the disciplining under the training under the watchful eye of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi through his his overpowering through his affluence through his blessing and they continue to enjoy and therefore they have more share from being the locus of appearance for the varieties of worshipful slavehood and the various various types of gratitude and praise on the other hand when we look at the Saints following the annihilation of the soul when they kill the soul the worshipful slavehood of the Saints becomes monolithic routine because also there is no I'm not not no, but there isn't as much testing and trial if you are if you need to perform your prayer and your nest is pulling you in the other direction and says yeah wait a little bit more there is still time you can pray later or you know you are really tired and God does not oppress his slaves you are so tired just lie down and rest and when you get up you can pray it's okay you are going to make up for it or What will the people around you you say? I know you need to perform the prayer but look the the situation that you are in. These people don't know what prayer is and they are not going to appreciate that. You cannot pray here. Just wait, you are going to make up later. This is all the Satan and the lowly soul. They will keep telling you such things. The, The lowly soul will drag its feet. It will not want you to pray, right? But if you use your willpower the human partial will that is given to you by God as a blessing and you resist that that whispering of the Satan and the stubbornness of the lowly soul if you overpower overpower if you overpower your lowly soul and get up take wudu take ablution beautifully and go and pray despite that force that spite that pressure that's coming from inside and pulling you in the other direction because you know your lord you respect your lord you know that he is worthy of worshiping you know that this is his command and you don't want to disobey him if you do this out of obedience to him if you if you disobey the satan and your lowly soul and obey god if you choose god over your lowly soul of course there is a value in that a value in that that is different from the one for whom the performance of prayer had been made enjoyable that's different from the performance of prayer of the one for whom prayer itself is delight which is superior in terms of pleasing god now the one for whom the prayer has been made a delight the way it was made for the Prophet wasalam, of course has traversed all those places where he had to struggle with the nafs and so on and so forth so his rank is higher or if this person has enough gratitude for that delight knows how to show gratitude for the delight and therefore his worship is both worship and gratitude that's superior, but there's value in the worship of the person who is doing it by resisting himself, despite himself. So, the worshipful slavehood or bodhiya of the saints becomes monolithic and routine following the annihilation of the soul. No testing anymore, and the testing itself is something that produces value. And perhaps even more importantly, remember. The most fundamental function, task of a human being is to worship God, to worship our Lord. And worshiping necessitates knowing, knowing Him. The more we know God, the more we are in a position to realize the meaning of worshiping Him. And everything in the creation is a sign that points to Him an opportunity to know more about him if in a hypothetical world let's let's imagine if in a hypothetical world my perception was limited to yellow flowers alone and i saw nothing but yellow flowers i would worship god as the creator of yellow flowers but if my Perception expanded and I became aware of all sorts of other colors and creatures. Now I would be able to worship Him as the creator, sustainer, fashioner, provider, disposer of everything. Everything that entered into the circle of my perception. Thus, the more I see, the more I know. The more I know, the more oh, admiration exaltation and love I have for him. And the senses God has given to us are our way of perceiving the signs that he has left in the creation. I see and therefore know about those signs. I hear and therefore know about those signs. I taste, I smell, I touch and therefore I know about those signs. When seen in this light, our lowly soul's attraction to the beauty and delight out there that we know and enjoy through our senses is an opportunity, a source of motivation for us to learn more and more about Him. And then, to the extent that we recognize Him as our Lord, we limit what we partake of that world of beauty and delight to what He decrees to be permissible for us we change our definition of beauty and delight. And we further exalt Him by following His law in our interaction with the world. Thus, to go back to where we started, the companions did not kill their lawless souls, that is, their desires for the world. But they disciplined their desires. They purified them. They purified them to enjoy what is pure and permissible. They disciplined and purified their desires to moderation, at which point they could sample the beauties and delights of this world the way a bee samples. Like think of a bee flying from flower to flower. The way a bee samples flowers and takes away what is beautiful and useful from each flower, takes away the pollen and makes honey with it. The companions sampled the world's delights and beauties as opportunities of worship, contemplation, gratitude, and obedience. And when it was due, they abstained from them too, even as they desired for the sake of God, preferring God over the desires of their lower lowly souls and what the Satan tries to attract them to. They preferred God over those desires. And they acknowledged that whatever beauty and delight is in this world is but a sample of the real and permanent blessings that God has in store for them and for us in the hereafter. Therefore, their contemplation, which is a form of worship, their gratitude, which is a form of worship, their praise, which is a form of worship, their abstention, which is a form of worship, were all more varied, related to a much broader range of, spectrum of blessings in this world, and therefore it was more colorful, more varied, more universal. If you go back to that example of the yellow flower, I can know God as my Lord, as my creator and sustainer. But then, if I can use my intellect and imagination and heart and other faculties and subtle, subtle capacities that God has given to me as they are supposed to be used, I can expand this conception and start to contemplate God as the Lord of the universes as the lord of the realms, as the creator of everything, from the little bugs and seeds to the massive stars and galaxies and constellations and whatnot. I can expand the scope of my worship. And that is what the companions did. Radiallahu anhum, may God be pleased with them all. This is the end of the second aspect, and I think I'm going to stop here We cannot move on to the third aspect and do justice to it let's just say uh, by way of introduction to the next episode that the third aspect is about the virtue of the deeds and the other the reward in their actions of the companions We cannot reach them with regard to the virtue in their deeds, with regard to the ajr, with regard to the reward that they acquired from their actions, with regard to their spiritual and otherworldly virtue, and uh, there are various reasons that Ustad Nursi is going to outline for this. One is that they they were at the beginning; they were the first. They were at a time when uh, believing was difficult and worshiping was also difficult more difficult than it is for most of us now inshallah in the next episode we will do that in detail subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma 'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim fa akhad dawahum an alhamdulillah rabbil alamin al fatiha